0: Uh, We got robbed three times in a row, you know, (laughs) so after a fire and COVID and everything, it was a hard year, but I'm proud of that year because I never gave up. It's it's funny. I threw out a video the other day and I just decided, and I was like feeling brave that day. I just decided to make a list out loud of all the things I dealt with over that year. And this guy writes this comment in the post and he's like, Oh, so now you failed at business and you became a business coach. And that was the greatest compliment I've ever gotten. (laughs) He figured I'd failed. I never failed. <laughs> I kept going. I ended up selling that company. Never once did I fail. I'm glad to hear the list was so overwhelming that it was automatically assumed that I failed, but I never gave up. Woo!
1: Microphone check one, two, what is this? You're now listening to a brand new episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Look what you didn't started. Talk to him. Attorney, high-performance coach, and speaker, Cherie Prince, asks hard questions to really get to the bottom of what makes entrepreneurs tick. From starting a business, marketing, strategies, and the ins and outs of their industries, we talk everything from book recommendations, lifestyle hacks, and everything possible to get you inspired and motivated to build your own business. The Play Big Faster podcast starts now. Let's go.
2: Welcome to another episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. I'm your host, Sheree Prince. And we are joined today by Tyler Copenhagen Heath. Tyler is affectionately known as the entrepreneurial alchemist. And he aims to level the playing field by actually working with small businesses and budding entrepreneurs. How are you doing today, Tyler?
0: I'm wonderful. I'm great and grand. How are you today?
2: Oh, look, better now that I'm talking to you.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that. The world's greatest compliment.
2: <laughs> so tell us, how do you turn challenges into gold with grit, science, and heart?
0: Oh, man, we're going to dive right into the most complex chemical problem of all time. head <laughs> Yes. So how do you do that? Put it this way these days, and we're constantly evolving, including myself, like quickly, hopefully. Oh, and then there's this gum gumdrop we have in our head. And I'm a very normal person, but I think I've learned to manipulate it a little bit and make it do the things that I want to do more. And I'm never... Even in other people, I've never ceased to be amazed at what it is possible, what is capable of. If we can start to play with this thing a little bit, we can do anything. And I think that's what business is. I think that's what life is. I think that's what joy is. I think that's what impact is, is just kind of being able to maneuver this little gumdrop we got floating upstairs into things that make life have value.
2: You had a very challenging upbringing. Tell us a little bit about it, because you really came from humble beginnings.
0: Yeah, it, it's a little bit difficult still to this day. I just went and gave a, a lecture to a speech, whatever you want to call it to a high school. And one of their critiques was we wanted you to talk more about your childhood, your younger years and that sort of stuff. And so I think I'm still, I've only started talking about it the last couple of years, but I guess the key points are um, grew up on welfare. Dad was in prison, mom had her issues with drinking and smoking and drugs and that sort of stuff. I think some of that caused me to have a lot of problems at school and so then At the same time, I was told that I wouldn't amount to anything. I wasn't very smart, you know, those sort of things. And so I had a very lost mindset and a very, and I didn't think much was possible for my life and I thought I was stupid and all these things. And then luckily I somehow made a switch. I wish I would, could have the magic formula to that switch really, but I basically just started to believe just enough. And then I fed myself a little bit by going to college. And I was like, okay, this I'm not stupid maybe because I'm doing pretty well here oh and then I'm like okay maybe I'm gonna get a little braver and I'm gonna switch that business degree and I'm gonna go for what is the hardest thing they possibly have in the world and the biggest name I knew was biochemistry I'm gonna get that one I'm gonna show them that I can do whatever I want you know so I got a degree in biochemistry I absolutely loved it I ended up like just being such a nerd for science and didn't realize put all of that together at the time but science is everything awesome science is fitness which i'm super involved with science is race car science is space science is our brain like science is amazing and so it's like proving them wrong turned into be like something that i've enjoyed forever the bad stuff can usually weigh out into some good stuff too i think
2: so after the rocky childhood and the degree where did the garage start up where is that on the yeah
0: (laughs) yeah that's so I was working full-time, going to school full-time. Um, my dad actually had just gotten out of prison, and so he's living with me. And uh, so it required me to work a lot. But I still like had this desire to do more, and I had a tiny bit of time. And so I would buy these like old, rundown, classic cars, and everybody would be like, Tyler, what the heck would, are you doing? And I didn't have much time. I'd use brakes and things like that, but eventually I would work on them more and more. And when they were done, people loved them. And... Then at the same time, I got in trouble with the city of Scottsdale uh, for stripping paint off in the driveway. And they're like, you can't do this anymore. And so I'm still in school full-time, still working full-time. And I am an idiot. I decide that I'm just going to open this little one-man shop and I'm going to work on these cars on the side. I'm going to finish my degree. Then I'm going to go on to the other stuff I wanted to do in life. And that actually turned into something bigger, something I worked so hard for that I had a hard time getting it up. It grew and grew. Eight years later, I sold it. And here I am <laughs> and there's more that now I've had a couple of years since then and had many businesses along the way. That's I think it in a nutshell,
2: even with the multiple businesses, now you do a lot of charitable things. And so I know that you work with entrepreneurs. What sort of charitable work do you do with entrepreneurs?
0: Yeah, it was so hard for me, right? Because I was pushed into business. I never was one of those guys that thought I could be in business. I didn't believe that. I thought that was some for some rich guy's son, right, that would teach him h- about how to be in business, fund them and that sort of stuff. I started my first business with almost nothing. I lived in a trailer in the desert with no water, no electricity. I And it worked, right? It worked. Oh, you know, Like the suffering worked. But it's a pretty big driver when it's like, either make it or be homeless, right? There was no middle ground. And so that's why I was crazy to do what I did. And luckily, it worked out for me. But I guess it, to your point, it's like, it was so hard for me, you know, and I made tons and tons of mistakes. I didn't have anybody that helped me. I didn't have any mentors or anything like that. And I thought to myself, it doesn't have to be this hard. And I guess at first I was kind of like, I wanted it to be this hard for everybody. I was jealous, like shamedly jealous that anytime like I'd hear a success story that was so much easier than mine. And I was like, I had to work so hard. And you know what I had to do for this? And and then I realized that was super selfish because the people that were having the hardest time with business were people like me, right? The like ones without the rich dad that knew all never everything about business. And so now my life has become a lot about helping people get that edge. You know? And what's nice about what we do is you either have a, you have to have a ton of money or you know, like huge company and we'll come like consult for you. Sometimes we just do a little bit on the side or you have to have no money. Those are the people I like to help the most. It's like, this information should be free. It should be more accessible. It's the best way to change your stars if you come from nothing. And so we have a facility here where we're working on, we just moved in here about two months ago. We're going to host at least one to two free seminars a month around accounting, marketing, that sort of stuff. I already take 10 appointments a week. They log in through the website. I sit down with them for free and I talk about whatever they want to talk about. That could be accounting, that could be marketing, that could be strategy, that could be anything. Absolutely free. You know, we have two workspace spaces here. Come come in and have a desk anytime they want and they will work with them on any of those things that I just mentioned. It's five steps away from my office. I'll work with them on a business plan, anything else. I think it's something that we need more of, and I see it happening a lot in the startup community, but it's not happening in the small business community. And really that's where it's needed the most in my opinion.
2: Now when you say we, are you talking about your latest venture, Blave?
0: Yeah. So we got so much going on these days, Uh, but Glaive is our tech company. So we solve the solution very micro right now in individually, I'll individually sit down with anybody that wants. I spent two years doing pro bono consulting for people losing their business or wanting to start business after I sold my last one, traveling all over the place. And so this is just a better extension of that. Now we have a facility where we can talk to people, help people have tools, that sort of thing. And Glaive is the further step to that, which we now involve more technology helping with these things things.
2: Now, you also have the content for good initiative. Could you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, thanks for I love talking about content for good. And so this is as an entrepreneur, I really looked for years on the best way to help. How can we help people? I don't this. I hope this doesn't sound awful to the audience. But I don't really like charities. I like self functioning systems. I feel I I worry about charities that have to rely on donations and things like that. So I like things that perpetuate naturally, that can fund themselves, that can be controlled, all that sort of stuff. And so content for good is one of those things. Basically, it, we thought if the world can monetize, if the Kardashians can monetize and make millions of dollars on YouTube, why can't we do that for good? So we have three uh, forms of content for good. At four. at um, Number one is uh, Bully This. It's myself and my long-term training partner, Clifford Starks. He was in the UFC. He was number five middleweight in the world. We uh, interview people that were bullied that now have come to success. And the hope is we monetize that for the teen suicide problem in Arizona. It's the biggest in the country. Um, We also have a podcast called Underdogs, Bootstrappers, and Game Changers. And that's where I literally go out in the world and I try to find things that would be good for the myself of when I first started a business. Like people talking about tools that are great, people are uh, that are motivational, people that like have another take on what business actually is because I don't feel like there's a good enough good info out there on what the small business world is like. I think we've spent way too much time talking about the venture capital shark tank world, that nobody's getting the real good information on small business. So we do that. One of my favorite things in the absolute world is Redefining Heroes and that's our docu-series where we travel the world looking for founders 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 are seeking founders of organizations and bringing those founders notoriety for their organizations. And then once again, we try to fund that through YouTube and sponsorships and that sort of stuff. And that all goes to those charities. Sorry, I don't mean to fill your whole whole episode with content for good. We absolutely love what we're doing with it.
2: That is great. What are some opportunities that small businesses have?
0: So here's the thing, and that's why we we're trying to level the playing field. You mentioned Glaive. like Roosevelt said he was fond of quoting this African proverb: speak strongly and carry a big stick, right? And I always loved that phrase. My business partner did too. And we're like, that's so cool, but he needed a cooler weapon. And so we started thinking about weapons, and we came up with Glaive was this long pull-arm sword thing. And we're like, that's a better weapon. Glaive is basically the big stick for small business, but it's a better weapon, right? And I love that. Yeah. And so first off, it's like, it's going to take people like us to help level the playing field a little bit for especially underdog entrepreneurs, because I'll fall into my hippie hypothesis here. So if we make business more achievable and easier, now we have people from worse backgrounds coming into their own success and your own success is what changes the world this is the biggest thing that changes the world. You have your own success. You have a heart for where you came from, just like I do. And then you go back and those change those things that are frustrating or for yourself or for other people. And that's why it's invaluable that we get more small businesses off the ground. But small business is in a state of death right now. So we're dying at about 1.3% per year. So the GDP of small business in 1950 was 78%, I believe. And now it's 47% we're losing that right that is the most impactful part of the economy and we're losing it to your point we need more small business owners and we need to as a community realize this and the government needs to get on board the city needs to get on board the people need to get on board the small business is not big business They are not the bad guys. They're the guys at your soccer match that have probably put a little bit of money into funding the jerseys, right? They're the ones paying all their taxes. They're the ones hiring most of the people in the economy. So most of it is our job to get this message out there, then provide systems that help work with the SBA, work with these sort of folks that are already trying to provide this help. And then we need to get stronger as a small business world because that's where the impact is made and that's where individuals can change their future too.
2: As part of helping, these small business owners, do you guys have any existing relationships with government and helping them get government assistance? Or how does that work?
0: I don't want to throw anybody under the bus per se. But this is a passion of mine. And so I've been on a subset of the city council here in my area of Phoenix. I'm also I went to WP Carey for my MBA, I had asked to go out and talk and just say, Hey, look, I have this system. Like, it sounds like I sell, I don't sell this thing. I just wanted to make it easier for people like myself. If I had a system to start a business that was just like, check the dots. Oh, like it would have been so much easier. And so I've developed that system from starting so many businesses and what would have been easy for the me that was charting their business and afraid, right? I have this system and I'm like, basically, I want to come speak for free. Like, I want to tell people how to open a business or I have another lecture that I want to do if your business is failing, if it's hurting, these are the five things that I saw over and over again. This is the way you fix it, right? And I have a third one that's like, okay, let's start smart, right? Most plumbers, most fast food restaurant people, they're not going to write an 80 page business plan. I wish they would, but they won't. So I've developed a different way to do that. I call it uh, analyzing an opportunity. Right. And so I said, Hey, let me do these things for free. I just want to help people. Right. I want to, I want to show them the success that business has given for me. Cause now business allows me to do whatever I want with my life. Right. And, uh, and it's changed my stars, so to speak. So I want to do that for other people, but they've never embraced it. And so finally we're like, we're going to have our own facility here. We're reaching out to everybody um, in our area here. There's a lot of things. Everybody keeps telling me Tyler's a lot of things for small business. It's like. I never heard of them but let's work on putting those resources together now at this point then we're all in the same mission oh and so we're really trying to do that we're trying to glue these systems together Um, we're trying to reach out to those folks and say this is what we'd like to do this is how we'd like to help or tell us how we can help and get everybody working together on the same issues let's
2: unpack that a little bit because you said that you know there may be five things five reasons why business is failing could you share with us some examples of what you've seen on why some small businesses don't make it
0: one of the bigger stats around business, and this is so tough for me, we haven't even gotten into business as a mission, and why that's, I think, imperative. Um, and one of the biggest mistakes I've made in my career. But um, number one is, I think, choosing the right business, one that aligns to you. Like, luckily for me, not to pat myself on the back, I got no quit in me anymore. Like, I will not quit. You can you can get in my way as much as you want. I will never stop. I am that annoying ant that's going to keep going. It takes a while to develop that mindset, I think for one. So a lot of people get into this and social media has it everywhere. Business is so easy. Work your own hour. Uh, You just, uh, every day is going to be a joy. It's like they're selling a dream that doesn't exist. So that's why mission should be a business or business should be a mission. And I tell people go after what you hate, find that thing you hate, whatever you hate, and that's what you need to do for your business, because you need to find a solution for that thing you hate. Now you're on a life's mission. And if you're on a life's mission, you won't quit. You can quit a YouTube idea for 2023, side hustle, that's tough. It's like, oh man, they told me this was going to be easy, all the money, all that stuff. And now all of a sudden when it's tough and you're working a ton of hours and missing time with your family and things like that, it's like, well, I don't want to do this. And so I think they're being sold the wrong dream. They need to align a mission to a monetizing uh, business. So that's number one, what I see is because if, if you don't quit, you will succeed, positive of it absolutely won't you'll find a way to make it work but it has to be like so important to you that you do right So that's the biggest thing. Um, Number two is just accounting. Nobody wants to embrace accounting. I don't see one single person online talking about accounting other than me. I I feel like the biggest nerd in the world. It's like, Hey, accounting systems are important. You can't run your business without it. I don't care what anybody says. Accounting is the most important thing to your business, because if you aren't making money, you're going to sink. So you need to pay attention to accounting and it's actually fun and easy. And once you've been without it and now have it, it's like a crystal ball for your business. Wow. Business became so much more fun because now I know what's actually going on instead of walking through the dark, not knowing what's going on with my business. There's no thermometer to it. So I think to elaborate on that principle further, and since I've taken so much time with those two, I won't give you five. Like a lot of people tell me, Tyler, what I need is marketing. I need marketing. If I just had 50 grand to put in marketing or whatever, like things would turn around for me. And it's like, okay, great. Tell me what you'd market. Be like, oh, I'm gonna market this candy bar. It's like, okay, great. What's your margin on that candy bar? I don't know quite often. I get, I don't know what my margin is on that candy bar. So it's like, okay, let's backtrack. Let's look at the books. What's going on with the books. So now like there's a deep dive there. We got to fix a bunch of things, but turns out nine times out of 10, they're not making money on that candy bar. It's like, okay, so now I want to spend more money to market a product. That's not making you any money. So that's why everything comes back to accounting, right? When we're in business, we're selling something for money for a margin, right? And margin has (sighs) I'll leave it there for today, because otherwise, I'm going to go way further. <laughs> but those are the couple things I think that are insanely important that nobody else is talking about.
2: So the one thing that's always interesting to me is someone who has as much drive as you do, what do you do in your downtime? What are your hobbies, things that you do to relax and just in a balanced life?
0: I'm not, I, so there's a lot of things in life that you can take from people. I'm not the balanced guy, just putting that out there right now. Do not look at me to give great advice on how to have a balanced life, how to live with your family, how to be successful in business, like at the same time, like I'm not balanced, right? I love to work. I love my work, absolutely love it. I spend a lot of time doing it. Luckily, my business partner loves to work too. We spend a lot of time together doing it. And uh, so I guess that's enjoyable for both of us. We get that camaraderie. We're always working on a problem. So that to me is not work. I'm working with my business partner and best friend, and we're working on problems that we believe are important in the world. Oh, And then the other thing is I have to, absolutely have to work out. I don't know how to live without it. There was a point in my last business before I had some back injuries and things like that, I would work out about 26 times a week, you know, and that's, that's my life. Can I put a travel trip in there, I need to see adventure in the world. Oh, here and there. I like to have a cookie with my little cute niece. Oh, and that, that to me, that's enough. I haven't, I'm happy to make time for those things. I think at some point, I probably should learn a little bit more balance, but I'm not the go to guy on how to learn that.
2: You've given us so much wisdom, but we have not talked about your book. Aren't you a published author
0: as well? So I have one book out there that a company approached me to write. Um, They've been in the publishing world for a while. So that's out there in the world. Uh, the other book I've been afraid to release. So we started this episode by you asking me about mine childhood. And it's weird, 42 years old, I'm still struggling with some of it It's much of it that I've overcome, I still struggle with some of it. One of the things is I was told that I wasn't smart, right. And so I'm so worried about my book. It's like, what if I come off? No, unintelligent? What the writings no good. I've never been a good writer, you know, I've expressed some things in that book that are like about my childhood and things like that. And so it's done, you know, and I think it'll be helpful for the world. I don't this is a secret that I'm told I should release on it too. I don't usually it's not until the last chapter you find this out but that book will 100 percent go to fund small business owners i'm going to put it into a a fund and that will just help with grants for small businesses and nothing else so i really need to release it for many reasons but i still fear it as much as we fight fear oh like we still have some of it in life and i'm working on that right now
2: <laughs> whenever you decide to release it we're going to put it in the show notes it'll undoubtedly be after this episode is released but we're going to put it in the show notes so just keep me up to date on when it's released
0: oh thank you so much it basically tells so i have a step process like i mentioned for opening a business it tells a mistake on every single step that i've made and then like how not to do that right and so i try to involve all these interesting stories and everybody told me you know tyler you really need to write a book about what's going on with you I hate to say it this way, but it's like, you have the worst luck ever. And so it's like, you really need to tell everybody that you had fires and robberies and lawsuits and all this stuff going on at the same time. It's like unheard of, right? Uh, We got robbed three times in a row. So after a fire and COVID and everything, it was a hard year, but I'm proud of that year because it's like. I never gave up, you know, and if I listed out all the things, it's funny, I threw out a video the other day, and I just decided and I was like, feeling brave that day, I just decided to make a list out loud of all the things I dealt with over that year. And this guy writes this comment in the post, and he's like, Oh, so now you failed at business, and you became a business coach. And that was the greatest compliment I've ever gotten. (laughs) He figured I'd failed. I never failed. (laughs) I kept going. I ended up selling that company. I was like, never once did I fail. I'm glad to hear the list was so overwhelming that it was automatically assumed that I failed, but I never gave up. Nothing gave up. Nothing went wrong, you know, other than the world, but I corrected every one of those things, right? Surpassed them.
2: Love it. If you had one piece of advice to share with a small business owner on how to play big faster in business, what would it be?
0: Make business a mission, please. And I don't want to make this take forever. But the best example I have is the founder of Patagonia, right? And do you know his story? I don't. So he wants the mountains to exist for the youth, right? He was a mountain climber or still is. So he decided well, I want to do something about this, right? And he could have opened a charity and maybe he even had some rich friends that could have raised a couple million dollars and maybe did that kind of impact for the environment. Instead he started a for-profit business where a percentage of all his clothing, Patagonia clothing goes towards the world and he just retired his shares were worth 3 billion dollars billion with a b and he gave all that to what he cared about which was the environment like i said he could have started a charity instead he started a for profit business and made more impact on something he was passionate about than anybody else ever has in the world so if you can make business a mission like that or do something you hate and correct it you will not fail i promise you this is the secret right? You know, then this could be something as simple as I hate the fact that you can't get a good hamburger in town. If you're that passionate about it, you will not quit a mission, right? And that's the best piece of advice I can ever give you. It's something I did wrong in my first business. I didn't know any better. But have that business have alignment to something that fulfills you on every level.
2: Tyler, how can someone contact you? One, if they like to help with your mission, and two, if they need your assistance?
0: Yeah, that's something I've not done an incredible job with. And I'm starting to try to do better now is um, networking. So if you're an entrepreneur that loves to get back, I'm not a business coach. I'm somebody that just wants to help. People, right? that I don't want that label by any means. And there is other entrepreneurs out there that have found success and they really just want to help people give it back. Right. And we realize that business can be such a good tool for that. So you feel free to connect to me. If you're new in business, if you're struggling with business, you can connect to me as well. The best way to get me probably is on my Instagram at Tyler Uriah. If you're interested in content for good, there's a uh, this the heroes underdogs is actually launching next week. We're really excited about that. Um, we've got five episodes in the bucket now, so it's time to launch. Um, And that's underdogspodcast.com. Yeah, feel free to reach out. I'm trying to be super accessible. We have a place too where you can book in some time with me, sit here with me or on the phone with me. And I absolutely for free will talk about anything business related you want to talk about.
2: And I'll make sure that I include all those links in the show notes as well with a special place for your book when it comes out.
0: Yeah, thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that.
2: (laughs) Everybody. We appreciate Tyler being here today. And until next time, play big faster.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Want more entrepreneurial content? I like this. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes. already subscribed. I just clicked on it. Don't forget to like and leave a review. Share with a friend that needs this in their life. I think you need this more than I. Oh, and make sure to follow Cherie on IG at Cherie Speaks. And remember to play big faster.